There was a survey recently of 14,000 people who pray. They were asked to rate their prayer life from 1 to 10, 10 meaning very satisfied. Can you guess the results? See if you're right. Straight ahead as I reveal how many were very satisfied with their prayer life. I'd like you to get involved today. Go to our Facebook page because we have a less than scientific poll that asks that same kind of question. Rate your prayer life from 1 to 10, 1 being dead, 10 being fully alive. Where would your prayer life be on that continuum? You can answer that now. Tell, and tell me why you chose that number. Find the link to our Facebook page at chrisfavorylive.org. Welcome to our first live conversation of 2024. Isn't it great? It's been more than uh, two weeks since we've been together live, and I am ready and raring to go on this topic today because there's an awful lot of hope for resurrection for your prayer life. One of my favorite people on the planet, Dr. Bill Thrasher, is going to join us. We have a great resource for you today. It's our thank you this month. We'll get to all of that and more straight ahead on Chris Fabry Live, the program from the heart to the heart for the heart and 24. Great to have you with uh, us as the team assembles here. Brian McConaughey is doing all things technical. Trish is our producer. Karen's in the chair today. Lisa will be answering your calls. And I have to say here at the beginning, a big thank you. That's one of the things I'm doing in my prayer life is I'm putting more emphasis on thanks because Thanksgiving is, I was reading Psalm 100 today, and it talks about giving thanks. I want to thank you. If you gave a gift in December, even if you didn't give a gift in December, I want to give thanks. Because in December, I always get worried, get a little antsy that we're not going to finish the year strong. And uh, I don't know why, because every year you come through, we had several large gifts come in before the 31st, and we made our financial goal. So I want to thank you that we we ended the year very strong. Here at the start of the year, I always like to give some kind of spiritual encouragement to get the year started. And when I read Dr. Thrasher's book a few months ago, I thought this has January written all over it. It's titled How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. It's easy to read. It's about 150 pages long. But I think it could free you up in this area of the Christian life that a lot of people struggle with. In fact, let me go to that survey now. 14,000 people were surveyed. Rate your prayer life 1 to 10, with 10 being very satisfied. Those who responded with a 9 or a 10, guess how many? How many do you think out of 14,000 people who said 9 or 10, the, the answer is 2%. 2% said a 9 or a 10. And if my math is correct, that means about 280 people. Less than 300 people out of 14,000 said, I am really satisfied with where I am in my prayer life. So if you are one of those 280, God bless you, friend, and keep praying. <laughs> if you're part of the 98%, this book is going to encourage you, especially if you feel like you're at a one or a two or a three or a four, call 866-95-FABRY. Give a gift of any size. We'll send you How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. Or it's easy to go to the website. A lot of people do that. Scroll down at chrisfabrylive.org. You'll see Dr. Thrasher's smiling face and the book right there, chrisfabrylive.org. Thanks for your support in January. 
Dr. William D. Thrasher is a graduate professor of Bible and theology at Moody Theological Seminary. He speaks frequently at churches and retreats. He's written several books, uh, God as He Wants You to Know Him, Putting God Back in the Holidays, A Journey to Victorious Praying, and the book that we're talking about today, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. He's a contributor to the Moody Bible Commentary. He's written online courses. He and his wife, Penny, live in the Chicago area. Three sons. He has grandchildren now. Dr. Thrasher, welcome back to the program. How are you doing? It's a delight to be back with you. I'm doing just fine. Does that figure surprise you? 2% gave 9 or 10 on that survey? Mm. Not necessarily, because, you know, I think our prayer lives are under attack. Our, our life of faith is under attack, and, and I would certainly say, now, wherever anybody is, do not despair. I think there's hope. Um, you know, we come to a prayer as God's idea. It's not ours. He's the one who says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. He's the one that tells us that the prayer of the upright is the delight to the Lord. And so anybody who said, God, I'm willing to do anything you'd ask me to do. And God, I want you to pour out your grace upon me, that you pour out the grace of prayer and supplication upon me. Anybody who sought God that, done anything that, done everything that God asked them to do, they will get it. You will get it. And so uh, I believe there is hope. For if, if God has stirred you, some of the part of just recognizing your need, even being willing to say, okay, God, I'm not what I want to be. Um, I'm not here. God honors that. God gives grace to the humble. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful. And, you know, I, I talk about my own experience when I'm talking about resurrecting the prayer life. So we're not talking down at anybody, um, but how I was very involved in the activity of prayer and realized that my prayer life had died. So uh, that I'd lost a sense of expectancy. So we want God to strengthen us and strengthen believers today. And uh, that would be the greatest thing I would give my life to is just raising up prayer among God's people. Yeah. And that's all of your students have said that about you through the years, that there is a sense of this connection that you have with God and a move of the Spirit as you're teaching. I don't say that to puff you up, but that's what, that's what they come back and what they say years later. My struggle is, how do I rate it? Is it based on my feeling? Is it all subjective? Mm. You know, if can I if mm. I spend thirty minutes in prayer and I go through a list, the, the number of things I'm supposed to pray about, is that yeah. is that am I okay? Is it about how I feel? And does God feel the same way? Could I be at a ten the way I feel about mm. prayer? And actually, mm. God says, no, you're actually a two. <laughs> Well, I think I think that's very true. I think God is the one who really does the rating, and um, it's. But you know, God, God, I know in my own life, uh, after years of really developing a, a, a discipline of prayer in my life and and having it meaningful there, but I saw where it had degenerated in my own life too. Uh, I remember one morning, because, you know, you're around the church, and people say, pray for this, pray for this, pray for this. I literally tried to take those burdens upon myself and pray, because I really believe that prayer is important, and I need to discipline myself to do it. And that's largely the teaching of prayers among those two things. Prayer is important, you need to discipline yourself to do it. Well, I did both of those with all of my heart, um, and my prayer life died. Died in the sense of this. I remember that one day, God, I think the greatest gift you could give me is just take this whole burden off my back. I've given myself to this. But Lord, I'm not really sure I'm expecting anything to happen. And if you're praying and not expecting anything to happen, you should ask yourself, God, why I pray? Uh, and so I say, God, I need to learn some new lessons. I have what? I have disciplined myself to do it. And I'm told to do that. I've, I've bought into the importance of it. 
Um, but I need you to I need you to resurrect it. I didn't use those terms at that point. But um, uh, our founder, D.L. Moody, who's the greatest preacher of his day, I quote him, which said, he says, I'd rather teach one person to pray than 10 people to preach. So there is a teaching about prayer. It's more to it than what? Uh, it's important, and you need the discipline stuff to do it. I'd say if you have a thought into those two things, everything else perhaps will be theoretical. But you can buy into those two things, and that's not enough. God does. I mean, Jesus' disciples came to him, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he spoke. He answered. I think he will still speak and answer today as we come to him. He knows our circumstances. He knows our personalities. And so let's let him rate it. Um, But we say, God, we want to learn. We want to grow. Um, God, we want to be used of you. I mean, I think God literally, when he wants to do something, he puts a prayer burden on somebody's heart. That person prays in response to that prayer burden, and that literally sets the work of God in motion. Um, So I believe that's how God works. Uh, there's no other way to explain it. When Jesus was looked at the multitudes, he saw them like sheep without a shepherd. He moved, he felt compassion for them, wanted something to happen. He turns his disciples, could have told them anything. But he says, look, the harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. He tried to get, put that burden on him. And he says, what do you do with that burden? Pray that the Lord will send labors in the harvest. I don't think he just said that because that will make you feel good and then uh, they'll take some guilt away. No, he knew how heaven worked. When God wants to do something, God puts a prayer burden on somebody's heart, and he prays in response to that, and that sets the work of God in motion. I always like to, to say here, here at Moody, you know, we know some of the stories of our founder, D.L. Moody. One day he was driven to his knees, kneeled down there in Chicago and says, God, give me this land for my school. Well, we see uh, Moody Bible Institute, not the largest school in Chicago, but the largest landowner. Uh, and so we, uh, we, we, uh, and we thank God for the sacrificial gifts and people that enable us to, to sustain what we're doing as you thank them for your gifts to your program and to Moody Radio. But it's, it's God who what? Who answered D.L. Moody's prayer. Um, and he wants to do that today. Uh, yes. I'm really encouraged by what you said just a moment ago. Prayer is God's idea and the way he has chosen to accomplish his purposes. And my guess is there's somebody listening right now who feels like Diane, who responded on Facebook, that you feel very far from the prayer life that you want. You feel, And maybe that's part of what the, the rating is. It's a disconnect that you feel with God. Diane put, I'm in a dark place since my sister died, and I'm taking care of my elderly mother by myself. I just can't seem to get back. So there is, in, in that sense, this desire to be closer to God. And I wonder, and I, I responded to her, I wonder if she is closer to Jesus now, even in the midst of this feeling that she has um, in prayer, that, that she's far away, that she's a one or a two, um, that she's closer here in the in the struggle of her life. So let me stop right there. We're going to talk with Dr. Thrasher today. Would love to have you go to the Facebook page and respond. I'll read some more responses here in a minute. If you'd like to get a copy of How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life, it's our gift to you this month. You can go to the website, find out more about it. Go to chrisfabrylive.org and scroll down right there. ChrisFabryLive.org. More straight ahead. How? 
how do you know that your prayer life is a one or a two or three? A thrasher says if you're praying and not expecting anything to happen, that might be a signal that there's something off in your prayer life. Prayer is God's idea. It's not my idea or yours or Dr. Thrasher's even. It's his idea. And it's the way he has chosen to accomplish his purposes. So there is an aspect of his sovereignty that is in here. There's also an aspect of trust that if you heard the program yesterday with Joanna Weaver that we re-aired on the very first day, I've had several people respond to that. There's this element of trust. How do you pray to God if you really don't trust him? Um, So we've had Dr. Thrasher on here, the very first live program of the year. His book, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life, is our thank you gift this month. Find out more about that at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. But I read Diane's uh, Facebook post here, Dr. Thrasher. I'm in a dark place since my sister died. I'm taking care of my elderly mom by myself. I just can't seem to get back. What would you say to somebody right there? Well, our heart certainly goes out to Diane, and I think uh, I just would remind her of this, which we all need, and that is just of a, a way of God. You know, uh, the prayer, teach me your ways, O God, that I may know you. One way of God is this. Um, God wins his victories in the midst of apparent defeat. And so God can bring us low uh to cry out to him to win a great victory. I think God winning his victories and its apparent defeat is part of experiencing resurrection power. When when Jesus was in the grave, it looked like the enemies of righteousness had won. But God was winning his greatest victory, and God brought him low to what? Uh, to raise him from the dead and show that. I mean, I think you see that principle throughout Scripture. Uh, Revelation 11, I remember that's the first time I think that really came alive to me when I saw these two future unnamed witnesses who are, have a glorious ministry, and then they are martyred and killed, and don't even, they mock, they don't even give them a proper burial, um, and they exchange gifts, have a celebration over the death of these two godly people. But then they, what, they're raised miraculously from the dead. So now that is not just, that is what will happen in our life as well. Uh, well, the Apostle Paul said it this way, he said, apart from the mercy of God, I would lose heart. Uh, I think 2 Corinthians 4, and I think I know what that means. Uh, there, there are times you felt like, God, I'm not sure I can put one more foot in front of me. Uh, and, you know, I felt that way a lot of times, and I'm here today. So, in other words, God can keep us going. And so I feel that for Diane. Uh, there is a difficult thing there when you've gone through death of a close person, her sister. Uh, she's exhausted. Uh, we've caregived, you know, caregiven, you know, for our mothers or whatever, and that's literally exhausting. Uh, and all the emotional part of that as well. So uh, we want to pray God would give her resurrection power, that God would give her victory, and that God would, what, enable her. And sometimes you need people praying with you and for you uh, to to win victory in the midst of apparent defeat. Uh, You don't be anxious for tomorrow. You don't don't just take one moment at a time. Um, But, you know, that is a way of God. And there are other people that, what, sometimes when you're feeling that way – that low rating, maybe God's about to do something special. Hmm. 
Okay, you're you're closer than you think. Uh, I got an email <laughs> a little earlier, and it was about yesterday's program. And she said, "I asked yes. for the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and soon discovered mm-hmm. that kind of faith requires a fiery furnace experience." You know, mm-hmm. we want the faith of Daniel, but I don't want the hungry lions around. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. so well, there is a know. sense that in those those struggles, let's say a diagnosis right. that you get, the trouble that you get that this just points you to where you really are spiritually and allows the Spirit to draw you in a way that, you know, you may not have wanted through that situation, but God can use it, right? Yeah, I mean, Pastor Lucci used to say, we all want to be an overcomer, but we resent it when he gives us something to overcome. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as Apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians 1, he said he—, he uh, he said, I despaired even of life so that I would not trust in myself, but in God. So God is weaning us away. Part of us, our flesh doesn't want to walk by faith. I mean, we'd like to lecture to everybody else and tell them they need to, you know. Uh, but we want to have all our circumstances in line that we know exactly how everything's going to going to come about, you know. Um, and we've lived in a culture that's been, for many of us, has been greatly blessed of God. We sort of know where our daily needs are going to be met or whatever, certain circumstances. But... Uh, God can take any situation, and he, he loves us so much that he wants to develop a relationship with us. Um, and that's the greatest answer to prayer is when he develops a relationship with us, and he wants to work through our prayer. And so um, uh, it is God does bring us low to get us to cry out to him. Now, in that low time, you can despair. The devil will attack you unquestionably. Uh, but as you cry out to God in that low time, God wins his special victories in the midst of those apparent defeats. Here's the frightening thing, but also the encouraging thing is, and that is if you read the book in the very very early part of the book, Dr. Thrasher talks about his conversion. You were 13 when you came to Christ down there in Alabama in a Billy Graham crusade, but it wasn't until you uh, were in fraternity at college that this fellow came alongside you and you Mm -hmm. realized, you know, that you didn't have what what he had and you you wanted it. And then years down the road, and this is what frightens me, years down the road, you realized your prayer life was dead because you had the form down. You were spending time in prayer, but even though you you were doing everything that you were supposed to do, there was no life there. And so I think that's both frightening to me, but it's also encouraging because this is not about the form. It's not about you have to bend your knee and you have to do this and you got to do it in bed and you got to have the Bible open and you got to do these verses, you know, and you got to pray all of 50 people and have the missionaries. It's not about that. The Mm -hmm. the encouraging part of this is God can take you from wherever you are to a vibrant prayer life. Is that, is is there hope there? I think, you know, it was certainly there in college when this individual, I walked into his room, didn't ask a question, but he began sharing with me, uh, have you made the wonderful discovery of the spirit-filled life? I was a very ignorant Christian. I would think I was a genuine Christian, but a very defeated one. Outwardly, things life was going well, inwardly full of fears and anxieties and not doing well at all. Um but successful outwardly. Um, but so I knew there was a resource there I didn't know anything about. And that sparked the reality of the Christian life and ultimately ended up the call into the ministry. Now, 
what I saw later is that what uh, that applies to all areas of our life. See, the idea of there's five commands in relation to the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't uh, walk by the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. But pray in the Spirit. And that was the one that I said, what does that mean? But that's when in that time when I realized, okay, I'm praying without any expectancy. God, you've given me a personal, I'm not, this is not just a human exercise. You have given me a personal assistant. I don't know what that means, but God, I know it's your command to pray in the Spirit. So God, would you teach me to pray in the Spirit? And that's really what the book is about. How it is that God's Spirit wants to help us pray in the Spirit. He wants to help us pray our heart. Rather than saying, okay, prayer is, boy, it's another thing I have to put on my to-do list. Uh, it is a discipline, but what? No, it's God's Spirit wants to help me get in touch with my heart and wants to help me pray my heart. And that's somebody who loves you so much, he wants to help it, help you get in touch with your heart. I love that quote, often quote C.S. Lewis. The, the prayer that precedes all prayers is this, let it be the real I who speak, let it be the real thou I speak to. You know, even in private prayer, much less public prayer, we're not sharing our hearts. <laughs> And uh, and sooner or later you get tired of that. You know, it's a there's a seeking God that's very tiring. That's a discipline that's very tiring if you're not really uh, communicating your heart. But God's Spirit wants to help you get in touch with your heart. He wants to help you pray your heart. Uh, it helped me to see that God's Spirit wasn't prompting me to pray for everything that needed to be prayed for. Uh, it wasn't a personal assignment to me. That's one thing that helped resurrect my my dead prayer life. And so uh, it's exciting how God wants to teach us to pray. He will honor that. Uh, mm. And to me, it's exciting in the various, rather than discouraging, I mean, God has continual fresh lessons he wants me to be learning, as opposed, well, I've got it down now. and I can Even even the lessons I've learned, I can never really speak to somebody else about them as if, okay, I've got this down, now let me tell you. No, there's always a deeper lesson in that which I've learned for myself. I think there's milk and meat within any given doctrine, you know. And so I've tasted some of it, but I need to experience it at a greater level. And so that's exciting that uh, everything I say I need, everything I teach, even though I've taught many times, I'm, there's a fresh application that I need in my life. And that really makes life exciting. Okay, so here's the breakthrough moment of, of the conversation today. Because I, I look at my, let's say, charitable giving, giving to the church and giving to yes. you know, those in need and the ministries that impact me. I can look at my mm-hmm. bank statement, and I can yes. see how much in the last 12 months I did, uh, you know, did I give to the things that I say are important, and I can adjust. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to adjust here, adjust there. Um, right. And and in in one sense, and you put a percentage on this, and wherever you think the percentage is, but in one sense, I think we treat God that way. With God, just tell me what to do. I just needed you tell me what to do here, and I'll do what I need to do so that I fulfill the mm-hmm. quota of prayer, and then mm-hmm. I can move on. And you're saying this is not about a quota. This is right. this is not a this is. This is about integration and not disintegration, because disintegration hides from God and doesn't tell him what I'm really thinking and what I I, I'm, I have angst about and worry, because I say, well, Paul says not to worry, and so I'm not going to worry God, and I'm not worried God because I trust you when you're worried, and he knows, <laughs> he knows I'm worried. Right. So right. I want to be fully integrated with God and be who I really am with him. That will right. set you free, won't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's Corey Jim Booms, and you've probably heard, many people have heard the idea, don't treat prayer as your spare tire, but as your engine. So it's not just, okay, I, I need a spare tire, okay, what if I have a fix or whatever, and I'm, 
I, mean, I have a, a flat tire. But no, it, it's it's a continued thing. It's a continue. Uh, uh, every moment of my life, every day, I need a miracle. Um, I mean, if, if apart from him I can do nothing of eternal value, I need a miracle. It's depending upon him. Um, it is uh, It's the discipline. Calvin called it the discipline of your weakness. Uh, God just alerting us to our weakness, things that, hey, you know, I'm not supposed to be adequate. Or things that you feel like, hey, I've done this again, again, again. I can do this or whatever. Um, but, you know, I need a fresh filling of the Spirit because what God can't use, and God has used your program uh, that people have feel free to open their hearts. But that is the work of God. I mean, you could say, okay, I'm going to say the same thing that really just changed this person's life, and it could fall flat. <laughs> you know, so we, we need God to anoint. And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, as a person said, we need Christ to preach our sermons. Now, okay, or Christ to do our ministry. It's not like we do them, but we want Christ to be so working through us that they, they don't say, oh, boy, that was a great insight this guy gave. No, that's a great God that he talked to, to, to us about. We want God to be working on the other side of these airways and God to be putting yes. hope in people's lives, God empowering them and uh, finding joy and fulfillment and and faith, you know, faith is, uh, I came to find out about your faith, lest the tempter having tempted you. Our faith is attacked. Um, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat, but I pray for you that your faith may not fail. So our faith is attacked. I live in a world of unbelief, and so I need God to energize my faith. Uh, and this is where the guilt and the shame come, because the enemy loves to have you say, your prayer life is nothing, don't even don't even spend the time there. And so you get this guilt, and you get the shame, and it's just this cycle. But God wants to break you out of that. And that's why I'm excited about the, the resource that we have for you today. You can find out more at chrisfabrylive.org, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. Is this touching a nerve in your soul today? Do you, are, you, have you, are you a one or a two or a three or a four and you want to break? What's your question for Dr. Thrasher? Here's the number, right back to Dr. Thrasher, but I want to thank you for your response to the CareNet ministry over the last few months. I hope you are as encouraged as I am about what they're doing around the issue of the sanctity of life. If you haven't done so, click the green CareNet button at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. We're talking about prayer today. Would you pray for that ministry as we start the new year? Pray for clarity, for the ability to speak about life in today's culture for them to be able to give hope to people in a really difficult situation as they call in or as they visit um, a care net facility. When I say the word ark, what comes to your mind? You might think of Noah. CareNet uses ARC as an acronym for abortion recovery and care. If you or someone you know needs to heal from the emotional pain of abortion, go to their website and start your healing journey Maybe you've never told anybody about what happened years and decades ago. You don't have to live with that regret or that guilt or the sadness that it brings. This is part of what CareNet does, not simply save babies, as good as that is. They want to help anybody whose life has been touched by abortion. Click the green CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org 
Somebody you know is going to need the ministry of CareNet. Find out more, chrisfabrylive.org. Dr. Bill Thrasher is with us today. Our featured resource is also our gift in the month of January, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. The subtitle is Transforming Your Prayers into a Spirit-Empowered Life-Giving Adventure. I just gave our phone number, and I want to talk with Alan in Florida. Alan, why did you call today? Um, well, um, another uh, uh, Moody personality, Carl Clausen, recommended um, Dr. Thrasher's earlier book. And um, uh, one of the recommendations uh, there was to memorize Scripture and pray it back to God. And um, I kind of... Uh, struggle with that because it's very difficult for me to memorize scripture seemingly. So you've tried it and 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 your mind wanders or you just can't hold the words in your head. What what happens? <laughs> well, it's just a um and you know and I know I, I don't have the intellect of a uh, a Moody Bible Institute professor uh it's, uh you know he uh, relates in his earlier book how he you know memorized these sections of uh, scripture so that he could just you know pray that uh, you know back to God um, and uh, you know I, I struggle with doing that and when I, actually probably what I struggle with is not being able to and getting uh, feeling shame because I can't do that. Yes. Or so okay. It so like it's the it it's the comparison. Compare despair. <laughs> I get it. All right, Doctor Thrasher, what do you say to Alan? Yeah, and I, I would say you know certainly using God's word in prayer is something that you can do, and maybe you can do it better than me or other people as well. The um, you know Scripture says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Bill Moody said he was praying for praying and praying, and, and as if faith would come down and strike him like lightning. But he had been praying for faith with a closed Bible, now with an open Bible. So even if you can't quote, quote that scripture, you can open your Bible in a sense. And if God says, uh, I am a God who answers prayer, that, that's what um, uh, George Mueller, and you can get this on public domain, I think it's called Soul Nourishment. He said, I used to start the day with prayer discover there's a better way to start the day. Start the day with God's Word, just to read God's Word as it prompt prayer. Then he, what, he would talk to God. He would just, okay, God, I'm a God who answers prayer. Okay, if you're God who answers prayer, this is the prayer that I'm going to be laying before you today. He recorded 50,000 specific answers to prayer in his lifetime. Now, that could shame me. I haven't ever counted mine, but whatever. It's just taking God's Word uh, and turning it into, if God gives you a command, you say, God, uh, you command me to delight in the Lord. Okay, God, if I know that's your will. And so, God, would you work in me a delight in you? Um, you read a proverb that says, um, this, the prayers of the upright is delight to the Lord. Okay, God, uh, I want to bring delight to you. Would you work in my life and my circumstances? You know who I am. And God, would you work in me in a way that brings the delight to you? You lay that before the Lord, and, you know, he doesn't forget that prayer. Uh, that's his will. And so um, the devil likes to beat us all down. I mean, what you're talking about is really in everybody's life. It's his most common tactic to tear us down, to, to uh, whether it's comparing ourselves or what we can't do or whatever. Um, but it's, it's what 
you just take that and say, God, you're the God who gives encouragement. You're the God who gives endurance, Romans 15, 5. Okay, God, today, give me the encouragement to go through this. God, you say, apart from you, I can do nothing. Um, okay, God, it's, uh, I'm not supposed to be adequate. Lord, I, my adequacy is in you. And so take God's word. Even just pray with an open Bible. Don't worry about it if you can't memorize it, you know, uh, yes. maybe as well as somebody else can. Maybe you can digest it and apply it better than other people. So um, I, I hope love that's that. an encouragement. It is. And Alan, here's here's what Dr. Thrasher is talking about, because I feel the same way as you do about the difficulty with memorization. Um, but I, I read a, a psalm and a proverb, you know, Proverbs is 31, mm-hmm. so it's, it's easy to remember that. What psalm, what right. uh, proverb are you going to read? But I was Psalm 100. It's only five verses. And so mm-hmm. I'm reading along, make a joyful noise to the, to the Lord, all the earth, serve him with gladness, come into his presence with singing. And I thought, well, I could do that. <laughs> you know, several hymns I can remember. I could do mm-hmm. that, but I didn't want to wake anybody up. And then I get down to <laughs> verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. And I thought, you know, I spend so much of my time in prayer and in journaling with all the stuff. It's like a news, you know, it's like like one of those uh, news sites that you get. It's only bad news. It's what has happened overnight that I didn't know and all the cataclysm. Can I spend, can I enter his gates with God? Thank you for, and then I just started ticking off the things that have happened in the last few months that I was all wrapped up with that never came. It wasn't a bad outcome. And some things were, you know, but he got us through them. And so you just take whatever is there and you begin to pray that back to him. Alan, does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. It's, it, you know, and the, and the prayers that I'm, you know, that I was looking to expand on, um, you know, on Dr. Thrasher's recommendation, that book, were prayers, you know, for my, you know, fellow brothers uh, and sisters, you know, especially that, um, you know, the passage, I believe it's in Ephesians, where you ask that their eye, their spiritual eyes be enlightened, that they might know the height and the depth and the breadth uh, of, you know, God's love for them. And, uh, you know, and just knowing how to pray for other people as opposed to just say, Lord, bless so-and-so, Lord. Yes. Right. Bingo. It sounds like, Alan, you're on the right right track. And I thank God for you, Alan. I thank God for your humility. And, and, you know, you, those, those scriptural prayers are powerful. And when I started praying those at first, I thought I was just reading somebody else's mail, you know, but, but it, 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 so it took a time for them to really become personal and real to me. But, uh, you know, praying hope into a life, that's that Ephesians one prayer is a powerful prayer. Thank you. I'd want you on, I'd love to be on your prayer list. God bless you. All right, so there's Alan. I got another call here uh, from a listener who struggles. You tell me if you uh, if you have a one or a two or a three for a one out of ten prayer life. Do you struggle with staying focused? Do you have trouble staying connected with God and not having your mind wander? We're going to deal with that straight ahead. And we're sending a copy of Dr. Thrasher's book, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. For anyone who supports the program, you can find out more at the website, chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. More with Dr. Thrasher straight ahead on Moody Radio.
Betsy says, I'm thanking God right now for this program today. It's given me so much encouragement. Oh, I'm so glad, Betsy, that you're hearing about our conversation with Dr. Bill Thrasher. How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life is a featured resource. Actually, it's a gift we'd love to send you. Find out more at chrisfabrylive.org. Anne says, I'm a one. 2023 was very difficult. Uh, I don't have a good explanation, but I withdrew from everyone, including God, starting 2024 with a prayer guide, and I'm hoping to bring the walls down and get close to the Lord. And I'm going to have uh, Dr. Thrasher pray for you before we end here today. But first, let's go to Chuck in Indiana. Chuck, why did you call today? Hey, good afternoon, Chris. Uh, and Chris, thanks for being there for us. And Dr. Thatcher, I'm uh, my my prayer life number is not good. So thank you so much. This is a good topic. I just have a problem staying focused sometimes, and it's just uh, you know I feel inadequate, and then you get discouraged, and and just kind of lose just kind of lose the momentum in prayer, and and I not always, but too often I think, and. Uh, just, just seem to need some encouragement along the way, and wondering if am I the only one that gets distracted, or you know, losing you're focus? not, Chuck. You're not. You're my, you're my, uh, my brother, for, because I feel the same way. What do you say, Doctor Thrasher? You know, I remember reading a book one time. It says, uh, "Regather a wandering mind with few words." You know, when your mind wanders and it will, you know, sometimes you beat yourself over the head. Sometimes you have to throw away that big stick because um, it's not really helping you. But uh, regather that wandering mind. Take those wandering thoughts and bring them back into the presence of God. Um, I like that walking in the light, walking open, honest, transparent before God and his truth. And, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. So, um, And we have fellowship with one another. So I think part of also praying just with an open Bible, with God's Word, sometimes even praying with others, can help our mind stay focused. Now, even then, it can, it can, it can wander. But regather that wandering mind. Um, it's, uh, and, you know, we're, we're weak sometimes when we're tired and worn out. We may even go to sleep. Um, now sometimes uh, the disciples slept when they shouldn't have been sleeping. They shouldn't have slept. Uh, but there are times you're so exhausted, sometimes a rested body can pray better. So I don't know all the circumstances every case, but God wants to teach you to pray. Praying with others is a big help. Having somebody you can really share your heart with uh, that you feel free to, I think is very, very necessary. Also, praying with that open Bible that uh, God teach me to pray. God, give me, give me strength or whatever. We're not supposed to be adequate, uh, you know, um, but in, and weakness really is the power of your prayer life. Anything that makes you sense your need for God is the greatest thing you have going for you. Anything that encourages you to seek God, as long as he sought the Lord, God said to the ancient king, God prospered him. So whatever is encouraging you to seek God, uh, thank him for it. I know it may not emotionally feel great, but that's what God is using to draw you to him. We don't come to God in a vacuum. So uh, I appreciate your humility. I appreciate your recognizing your need. God, when we come to him with a self-sufficient attitude, that's the thing that's obnoxious to God. That's the lukewarm state. Because you say, I'm rich, I've become rich and have need of nothing. But when we come to him in need, God will honor that. In his deep mercy, he honors need. Yes. 
You know what has been helpful to me, uh, Chuck and, and Dr. Thrasher, is just having a little mm-hmm. three-by-five card next. You know, some mm-hmm. thought will come in, oh, you, you didn't pay that bill or you didn't do this. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, I can, I can say I'm, I'm distracted again, beat myself up, or I can just say, oh, I forgot about that. Thank you, Lord, right. for reminding me. I'll jot it down. Then I get back to what I'm Amen. doing rather That's than— Rather than being so frustrated, and I or or right. seeing God at the portal of heaven shaking His head, but you know a hand at his, his, to His forehead. Mm-hmm. What if what mm-hmm. if He were smiling at me, saying, "You know, th- this is the way you are. I know who you right. are, Fabry. You know, or Chris. If he's using my first name. I know you. I know your frame. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You keep doing. It. You're doing. Amen. You know, and and the enemy Amen. trying to infiltrate here is also mm-hmm. he can't do anything that God. God doesn't allow him to do. God's sovereign over that. So God has at right. least allowed this to have this thought to come in there. So I'm going to give him thanks, mm-hmm. write it down, and move on and not beat myself up over it. So hope that helps you Excellent. as well, Chuck. Um, so I'm, I mentioned what Anne said. This has been a really hard year for her. Mm-hmm. She's going to have a, mm-hmm. a prayer guide. She's hoping to bring the walls down and get close to the Lord She's withdrawn mm-hmm. from everyone, including God, mm-hmm. in the last year. So let's just call a timeout right now, and would you pray for Anne, Dr. Thrasher? Uh, Father, yes, and Anne represents many, dear God. As we read, pe- precious people of your servants and, and your precious children, Lord, we sense the evil one seeking to discourage, um, seeking to... Um, to tear down, uh, seeking to promote despair, seeking to promote inadequacy, far different than what you say about us, Lord Jesus. Um, you want us to know that we are your treasured ones, dear God. Um, Father, I ask that you, Lord, we would know that we're your treasured ones. Father, not that we deserve it. We're not just throwing empty flattery at each other, but we're just seeking to obey you and believing what you say about us, Almighty God. I ask you to put hope into Anne's heart, dear God. I pray you would honor every step forward she makes. I pray you'd break down those barriers that are separating, and I pray you'd bring bring her to those people and to you, dear God, and I pray this will be the most glorious year of her life, Almighty God. I pray in every time of her darkest need, darkest moments, God, would you send your help from heaven, Almighty God. And I pray that for all the people listening. Thank you for those who have given and do give, Lord Jesus. And we pray you would even anoint this book as it puts in the hands as a, as a gift to these precious ones. And God, teach them to pray, dear God. And we pray you would use their prayers to accomplish your highest purposes, dear God. So, Father, um, answer the deepest petitions of all of our hearts, even the ones we don't even know how to articulate to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, a good way to end here, Dr. Thrasher, is the the main point of the book. And really, I think your ministry through the years has been about that spirit empowered. It's in the subtitle of the book, Transforming Your Prayers into a Spirit-Empowered Life-Giving Adventure. This really is less about making me feel better about my prayer life or quantifying mm. the amount of time or getting the form of it and you know how I pray and what what time of day and all that right. it is more about how to have a holy spirit infused connection with god amen. isn't it amen that's exactly right yes it is and that gives hope to all of us 
So what would you say to the person, what, what's a good, at the beginning of the year, and you've written about this in your other book, uh, about putting God back in the holidays, the beginning of the year is a great time to start anew and afresh with prayer, yes, it isn't is. it? Yes. Well, I, I, I like this. This is what I do every year. I stumbled upon this about 40 years ago in regard to giving the first of the year of the Lord. I didn't know what that meant. God honors giving the first fruits to him. I thought about the first day of the week, the Lord's day, and the first part of a day. But the first part of the year, and uh, there in putting God back in the holidays, I have there in uh, Appendix 2, just I give some examples of, uh, of, of first-year prayers. I, I get before God and say, God, what do you want me to believe you for for this year? To me, that's better than resolutions. It's, God, what do you want me to believe you for? And um, I, I've listed some of those. I remember the very first year. Okay, God, well, I'm not sure I know what love is, but whatever it is, it's the most important thing you say. Well, you say we love because you first loved us. And so that's one of the prayers I laid before the Lord. Lord, would you overwhelm me with your love? And not just praying that and forgetting about it, but, you know, I just I, all through that year, I just say, as I opened God's word, I just say, God, would you overwhelm me with your love? He opened up familiar passages passages that I knew in some ways could even quote Romans 5, but he loved us when we were helpless and when we were ungodly and sinners and his enemies. And one day I felt particularly ungodly, but my spirit was able to drink up his love for an ungodly man ways I never had before. So you're not talking to the air. You're, you're talking to a living God who wants to hear our prayer. What does God put on your heart? What do you want to believe him for? I think that's the posture we go about in life. Lord, what do you want me to believe you for today? Uh, what do you want me to trust you for? And uh, so anyhow, a first of year is a great time to do that. I give some other examples about that too. But uh, yes, uh, God honors you sharing your heart with him. I like that we quoted C.F. Lewis, the prayer that precedes all prayers this. Let it be the real I who speak. Let it be the real thou I spoke to. What has God put on your heart to believe him for for this year? I love it, Dr. Thrasher. It's always encouraging to talk with you and to to plumb these depths and to realize that God is the one who initiated this in the first place. And, and you know, why does he have us pray? In some ways, I don't know. I just know that he mm-hmm. has told us to do that. And so I want to be right. obedient, but I also want to be, I think part of it is he wants us to be part of this process and part of the story that he is writing in our lives and in others' lives. So thank you for putting this book together. And uh, I know you're heading out on a trip. God bless you in that. Give you safety and real spiritual success. Okay. Thank you so much. It's always a delight to be with you. Praise God for you. How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life by Dr. Bill Thrasher. Again, it's our featured resource, but it's also our gift to you. If you give a gift of any size to the program, we'd love to send it to you. If you can't give a gift, we'd love to send it to you. Just go to the website. You can find out more at chrisfabrylive.org. It's a great way to start this first live broadcast here on the program. ChrisFabryLive.org, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. I hope this program has been encouraging to you. Come on back tomorrow. Stephanie's going to be here. You have to hear her story on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.